Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 527, recorded live on Sunday, September 10th, 2017. And here are your hosts, the man who's been patiently waiting to record, Dave Pillay. Hi! And the man who was delayed again and again, Andy Lowe. Hi. I mean, for, for good reasons. Yes. All of them good reasons. Yes, all of them very good reasons. First off, well, okay, the very first one, the reason we didn't record yesterday is kind of, depends on whose perspective you're talking about as far as good reason. Because, <laughs> like, evidently someone didn't get assigned a job or something like that. Um, we had a new guy was going to run the Western game, and he didn't know what the new setup there, because I guess nobody told him about the new setup, and so... I had to go in there and show him how to work everything, which is fine because I actually was uh, wanted to work on Robin's Robin Hook as the voice of the Broncos. I wanted to work on Robin's um, audio levels a bit, uh-huh. and I wanted to try out a couple of different codecs to try and cut down on the audio delay. Okay, uh, we settled for a FLAC audio codec at 15 kilohertz because he's uh, speaking, and so we didn't have to worry about losing, you know, a lot of the high notes. Yep. So we got it down to about a, uh, I think the audio delay was somewhere at like 50 milliseconds round trip. Not bad. No, from That's here all the way up to East Lansing and back. That's really good. Yeah. I mean, you are dealing with stuff that's traveling at the speed of light. Yes, so through how many different that. ISP networks? Yeah. Um, also, is it? Should it be called the FLAC audio codec, given that it's the free lossless audio codec? Oh, you have an excellent point. Okay. And then, of course, Baby. Yes. Baby was was delayed from today, but that's fine, because mm-hmm. uh, it gave me time to go get, like, breakfast and have tea and, like, find topics. Mm-hmm. So that was okay. Yep. So, yeah, Western uh, lost to MSU. I saw... Yeah, our inexperienced quarterback played like an inexperienced quarterback. Oh, that's unfortunate. I'm also kind of annoyed, too, because uh, it's like two minutes left in the fourth. No, two and a half. Yeah. We're actually, Michigan State's clearly winning. They're up by two touchdowns. Yeah. Right? So we're marching down left. the field. We're actually making like third and fourth down conversions. So we're actually just running the ball down the field. We're getting, you know, I think it's like at the 25, 30-yard line. And he makes a pass, and the guy kind of does like a rolling forward tumble to get across the first down line. Mm-hmm. And they mark him past the first down line. And so, like, okay, everybody starts to go. And then the refs blow the play dead, and they're saying that the spot is up for review. Hmm. So we've been consistently going, like, there have been no breaks, no timeouts, no nothing. We've been slowly just, you know, working the way down the field. MSU's defense is definitely on the ropes right now because... Like I said, it's been third and fourth downs the whole time, and we've just been slowly chipping away at them. Then yeah. MSU's defense gets to take a break. You know, they get to regroup while the officials look at the spot, and then the officials claim that he didn't actually make the first down line, even though the camera angle was something ridiculously off kilter from actually, you know, a horizontal plane with the first down line. So then now it's like fourth and one. MSU has a chance to actually like draw up a defensive play to stop us and they get the ball back and that's the end of the game. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, instant replay, I get it, but at that point it's like 
really you're using some camera angle that's up on the third deck that's like like a 45 degree angle from the field to figure out where the heck he actually landed Mm. i don't know what to tell you man Oh, we shouldn't have been in that situation anyway. It was up to that point. I think our passing for the second half was at like a negative three yards or something. So yeah, Western uh, lost, but Eastern won. What? Against a Big Ten opponent, yes. First time. Eastern's 2-0? and Yep, Eastern is 2-0, and and they beat a Big Ten opponent. Like I said, that's the first time ever. Ever? Ever. Come on. They have been Come on. And, they have been 0-38 against the Big Ten. Oh, who lost it for the Big Ten? Take a guess. Minnesota. No. Uh, Iowa. What Big Ten team has the longest losing streak in NCAA right now? Northwestern? No. Come yeah, on, Mr. Big Ten. Illinois. Are you not paying attention? <laughs> not to, Fuck no. <laughs> Rutgers was on a 10-game losing streak. Rutgers doesn't count. They're not really Big Ten. They're Big Ten. No, they're like B1T bullshit thing. B1G, I don't know. Whatever the fucking new logo for the Big Ten is. There are 11 teams in the Big Ten, damn it. There's actually, I think, 12 now. Uh, there's more than 12. I think there's 14 now. Big Ten, how many teams? Okay, uh, yeah, 14. Wow. Yeah. Oh, sorry, 14 plus two affiliate members. Is an affiliate member. Uh, John Hopkins University is in the Big Ten for men's and women's lacrosse, and Notre Dame is in the Big Ten for ice hockey. I'm just not going to like address that. <laughs> so there is, in, depending on the sport, in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> depending on the sport, there is either 14 or 15 teams in the Big Ten. Yep. Ugh. Yep. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 thing, the loss, Rutgers. Yeah, of course Rutgers lost to Eastern. It's Rutgers. <laughs> oh, wait a rain. Rain on that like, parade. Right. Well, putting things in perspective. Michigan won. And evidently, it was not a very clean win. Uh, I, I was reading a lot of other people's reactions to it, and there was a lot of, like, upset and disappointment. Uh, I only saw the last, like, eight minutes of the of the game. And in the last eight minutes, it was fucking amazing. I don't know where to go from that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we could probably talk about something that's not football. We could actually um, go into topics. Or that's about to get hit by a hurricane? Uh, well, it's actually currently getting hit by a hurricane. Is getting hit by a hurricane? I haven't looked at the maps lately. Uh, if you go to um, irmawebcams.com, somebody has found publicly available webcams, and then they've overlaid them with a map of the current NOAA... Um, Cloud cover. Yep, and Doppler. Yeah. It doesn't look too... Bad? Maybe? Let's see. St. Pete. How's this webcam look? Live. Good. I'm, I'm glad it's live. I want it to be live. Ah, it doesn't look too bad. It looks like a, like a stormy day, but that doesn't look like... The trees aren't, like, being blown over. In fact, yeah, it doesn't look like... the trees are not sideways. 
Yeah, it doesn't even look like there's all that much wind there right now. That's at St. Pete, which is not the heavy-hitting part of the hurricane right now. So let's see what's going on down in Miami. Uh, that looks a lot worse. Yeah. Someone's Nest Cam. Yeah, I'm sitting there like, really? You put your Nest Cam online? All right. Yeah, there's there's a fair amount of wind on that one. All right, so... not It's not terrible right now, but definitely wouldn't want to be there right now. No, no, I would not. And it looks like the center of the storm is missing the, the land, like it went around the tip of Florida. That's what it looks like. It looks like it went south. Like, yeah, it went right over the Florida Keys. Oh, but it's still, it's heading north. So it's just going to go right up the Gulf. To be clear, it is still like a Category 4 hurricane. Yep. So, you know, it sucked for Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico got nailed. Yep. It looks like it might even make it over, like, Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. People, That's kind of crazy. Because uh, we got the, uh, the, we have an agreement with one of the TV stations in the area to do our weather. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we don't have to worry about, you know, meteorologists and such. Um, and we, we are actually discussing that, you know, like, how is Irma going to affect our weather up here in Michigan? And they're like, well, you know, in a couple of days, it actually is. Because it's going to come up here and this all that pressure is just going to keep slowly going north. And it looks like, you know, we're going to catch some rain in a couple of days from a hurricane that started out in Africa. This weather is weird. Weather is weird. Weather is weird, and, like, hurricanes are really big storms and carry an incredible amount of energy. Mm-hmm. Now, it, A, it won't be the first time Michigan's weather has been affected by a hurricane. No. B, you're going to get a little rain, but, yeah. like... We're not, gonna not going to get 185 mile-per-hour winds. You're, you're not even going to get, like, 20-mile-an-hour winds. No. Kind of. I'm kind of glad living in Michigan, you know. We don't really have, oh, yes, we have some lake effect snow. You but, do on that side of the state, yeah. at least. Yes. But, you know, there's, you know, I don't have to really worry about hurricanes. Don't have to worry about um, earthquakes. I uh, don't really have to worry about wildfires because <laughs> we're in southern Michigan. It's all farmland. Yep. Uh, we have to worry about tornadoes every once in a while. But not majorly. No, not like, you know, Oklahoma tornadoes. And Kansas tornadoes. No, not those tornadoes, yeah. but you know. It's a very it's a very peaceful <laughs> weather wise area. Other than snow. Yes, other than snow. Alright. Um I could actually segue off of that. Go for it. So I don't wind, know where to go. Wind. Yeah. And wind power? Yeah. Wind power. Earth. Fire. Right. Yeah. Um so there was a in the eighteen fifties, a German physicist, Gustav Mangus. Uh, noticed something about being able to uh, power a, a sailboat using um, like spinning roto sails. Okay. Yeah, it's you know, I I I don't understand how this all. It's all about airflow and pressure and all this other stuff there. And so there's these big, huge. Uh, he built back in the uh, in 1926. Somebody built a boat with two 15 meter tall steel rotor sails that were sent spinning using an engine, and then those created a force on the sides of the rotor sails that propelled the ship forward somehow. So, right. you know, okay, it, it was wind powered, but it was these weird things on there. And so technology from the 1920s, right? 
kind of just fell by the wayside because sure. fuel prices were low. Well, now there are actually some commercial shipping companies that are trying out these spinning metal sails on, you know, big ships. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're going to be mounted on the top of there. They're going to be 10 stories tall. And supposedly these guys can slash fuel consumption by up to 10%, which to me... That's seem, pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's it's a neat thing there. It's just like... They're huge. Yeah. 10 stories tall of these spinning metal, basically, poles. So, yeah, no, they're, they're, there's I, actually... I, I have to wonder, though. Yeah. Because it takes power to spin them. Yes. So, like, are you getting more of a benefit out of it than the power you're putting into it? I think so. I have to assume you are, because otherwise, yeah. why would you do this? But uh, our, Okay, here we go. Here's a quote. Our largest rotosails can provide forward thrust equivalent to up to 3 megawatts of main engine power while drawing less than 90 kilowatts of electricity. Okay, so a factor of three and a half. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So yeah, there's going to be uh, ships out there on the ocean with these <laughs> rotosails that nobody's thought about since the early 100 years. Yeah. That's neat. I wonder, huh, does it only work when you're going perpendicular to the wind? Uh, where'd they say that? Uh... Rotosails are generally effective if the wind is moving faster than 18 kilometers per hour, roughly 10 knots, and is blowing across the ship's bow at an angle of at least 20 degrees. So you have to be heading uh, alongside of the wind. Yes. Yeah, the, the rotating cylinder experiences a lift force perpendicular to the direction of the wind. Yeah. So these things are also going to be electrically powered, so they can just, you know, if the wind's not right, they can shut off. And yep. then just, you know. Save the power. That's pretty cool. That's why it's always worth remembering old tech that people dismissed at the time. Yeah, because they dismissed it because, you know, fuel prices were extremely low back in the 1920s, and there were no environmental regulations put on shipping companies. And the towers were heavy. Yeah. They didn't have the right materials to do it. Nope. But now they do, and so it's going to be out there. Makes you wonder what, what tech we have today that we've like, well, that's cute, but it would never work. That eventually will get to work. I don't know because I ooh, I don't I don't know. It's, I'm trying to think of energy stuff. All of our energy stuff right now seems to be working. <laughs> There's. I also read. I swear that there was a uh, was there an energy company that was going to build an elect uh, a nuclear power plant and then actually realized that uh, if they spent the money on uh, wind and solar, they would actually get more out of it. I don't know. We'll have to. Would, hmm. Whatever said, happened to the the um, crap? What was that called? There was like an evaporation tower. Do you remember that? Yes, I think we talked about it. I wonder whatever happened to that. A downdraft tower. Thermal evaporation plant. Hmm. 2014 Maryland-based Solar Wind Energy Incorporated proposed to build a 200 a uh, 685 meter tower. Company, okay. So, what happened to it? <laughs> One of those news stories that kind of just disappears. That was two years ago, three years ago. Are they not done building it? No, they're they're still building it. Hmm. Maybe. Wait, that is a nuclear plant. That's not what I'm looking for. No. Oh, that's, that, is, that is the opposite of what I'm yes, looking for. That is, yes, that is very true. 
Arizona Tower Project Update. March of this year. Oh, here we go. Uh, Looks like it is still in the planning phase three years later. (laughs) Jeez. But it's still happening. So they say. So they say. Uh, By signing these agreements, we resolve development issues potentially impacting the project. Uh... The purchase amendment extends the outside closing date to December of 2018. So the zoning has been improved. The property ingress and egress is in place, which is to say the roads are there. The water supply is there. Uh, The study for the economic impact is there. And it is an estimate of 2,000 construction jobs. Hmm. All right. It's called the Solar Wind Downdraft Tower. All right. Anyway, so it's still a thing that like they're talking about. Okay. That was, a, that was in the book, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, it was. Freedom? Yes. Okay. So speaking of other old news. Other old news. Yes. Okay. Rovio. Yep. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Rovio is talking about their IPO again. This time, though, for an actual, you know, real-world estimate of $36 million. That doesn't seem like a very high number for an IPO. Well, especially... Oh, you don't have it in this article. My article... Uh, see if I can find it. Um, talked about how, you know, uh, Zynga wanted to buy them back in uh, 2011 for $2.3 billion. Yep. Oh, no, man. We we know games. We know the market. We'll be fine. Screw you guys. We'll probably make more than that ourselves. Can't make that money if you don't come out with new games. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Star Wars Angry Birds doesn't count. The company has not, in other words, learned how to make anything or how to be anything other than the Angry Birds company. Yeah. Rather, it has learned how to be better at being the Angry Birds company. Because, hey, the, the Angry Birds movie, you know, did pretty well at the garbage, box office. But was also garbage. It's It did good enough that there's going to be a sequel in 2019. Oh my god, why? Because it did well enough at the box office. Every day I lose a little more faith in humanity. The Angry Birds movie grossed $350 million at the box office. I uh, I actually watched this movie uh, when we were flying down to Florida. Yeah. Because, you know, I was stuck in an airplane <laughs> with a screen in front of me. I'm like, you know what? I've meant to watch this movie. Like, I guess I have no choice. You know, it's free. I'm not really paying for it. Well, yes, I, I technically I did because I paid for the plane ticket, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, nobody else was playing the quiz show on there. So I said, screw it. I'll watch a movie. I love those quizzes. Companies' mobile games have been downloaded more than 3.7 billion times at the end of June 2017. Have an average 80 million monthly active users. Hmm. But yeah, now, now the IPO is only going to be 36 million dollars it's not not a high number like comparatively mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> the stock market figures from analysts who reckoned as high as nine billion for their value was probably simple madness riding on the outer skin of a very big and volatile bubble yep oh man zynga's gotta be like celebrating that yeah. they didn't get it right 
Because there's no way they would have recouped that amount of money. No. So, yeah, no. Um, $36 million. And do you want to like go a- buy a, a software company? <laughs> 30s, I mean, 36 look, to be honest, is still a lot of money. It's not like you're going to get a Kickstarter to buy Rovio. Nope. And that's their IPO, right? Mm-hmm. That's the, like, we're going to sell shares yep. and, and be a publicly traded company. Yep. Just, God damn it, guys. You had such potential. You made a really good game. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. It, it was wildfire. It was the Pokemon Go before Pokemon Go. But they just never, they had no way to seal it, right? They no. had nothing to follow it up with. No, they, they, they could not catch lightning in a bottle. They just did not work. Yeah. So Two. other buying news. Yeah. Google is supposedly in talks to buy HTC. Huh. Didn't they, didn't they buy Motorola? Yes. Yes, they did. Now they would like to buy HTC? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, there's no real... This has just been a couple of uh, stories out of Taiwanese news outlets, so who knows how much truth there is to it, but the HTC does make the Google Pixel. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's what they're thinking, is maybe that, you know, they would... Uh, yeah, Yes, they've tried to buy a Motorola and then, you know, turn around a couple years later and sold it, but... Google and HTC have already been working together, integrating together. This way, you can kind of just bring that into the fold and be like, all right, look, you know, they're going to be like Apple. They're going to be hardware, software, everything. under. I, but, I mean, why? What's, what's the explanation for why they want to do this? Uh, said HTC's poor financial position and Google's desire to perfect the integration of software, content, hardware, network, cloud, and AI is the driving force behind Google's interest. News outlet said Google may make a strategic investment or buy HTC's smartphone R&D team, which suggests that VR team would exist on uh, as its own. Yeah, so the, the, most of the people are talking about how, you know, this would have a deeper integration of hardware and software. Just like, hey, look, they bring up talking about Apple. Yep. But it just doesn't seem to be like, that's not Google's bag. Do they what want is to Google's be? bag? Search. That's that's an easy question, right? Like right there, that's search. But now yeah. also things that tie in with search and ads and Android. But like they've tried to do hardware stuff. I guess that's they're looking at it like we could buy this and have our own hardware division and just let them keep running it the way they're running it. But I don't know that this is going to go through. It seems weird. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't seem to fit. Especially with with Google's entire restructuring lately, right? The yes. whole Alphabet and now um, uh, twenty six. I was yeah, I was trying to figure out. I was like, was it twenty? No, it's twenty six, which makes it's sense. Twenty six. It's it's XXVI, which is twenty six because it's Alphabet. It just doesn't feel like this is where they want to be right now. They're trying to simplify their corporate structure, not make it more complex. Let's see. Does HTC have anything that they need? Well, there's the Vive, but you don't purchase a whole company just for the goddamn VR aspect, right? Well, no, they they I think they just wanted it for the cell phone integration. That's what everybody's saying is they want them for because of the Pixel. <laughs> oh, way to go, Lions! Huh? Start of the football season, they're already down ten nothing. Yeah, it's the Lions. Yep. 
Do we are, are we surprised? No, no, we're not. Lions versus Cardinals. There was already a pick six. Yep. I mean, like, really, is, is that surprising? No. Okay. Packers play the Seahawks today. That'll be a good game. Mm-hmm. But that is, that's, wow, we just took a big step back. So speaking of Apple and phones, there's going to be an iPhone event, right? Yes, this week for the 10th anniversary of the iPhone. 10 years, jeez. 10 years ago, Steve Jobs got up in front of a crowd and said, we're making a phone. And people looked at it and said, like, that's a really weird design for a phone. And then everybody wanted one. Yep. I feel like it was a missed opportunity. Like, he really shouldn't have called it a phone. It should have been like the, the, I don't know, but not a phone. And then it happened to also make phone calls. What, like make it like a, a Palm Pilot Plus? Right. It's a handheld computer that also happens to make phone calls. Mm. Ten years, and, and this is how far we've gone in ten years. Just to be clear, like, look at your phone and understand that 11 years ago, the concept of that thing didn't even exist. The closest thing to that was the BlackBerry. Which was garbage. Yeah. I do remember playing Breakout on my BlackBerry, though. Yeah? Yep. And now you can play what on your phone? <laughs> Anything, basically. So there's a, a iPhone event. Um, there's been a lot of rumors, right? There's leaked information. There's speculation, all the normal stuff. Things like they're going to do a complete redesign. It's going to be edge to edge with no bezel. That's standard stuff. Basically, um, you know, playing catch up to the Android devices. Because Apple has no creativity left. I feel so bad for that. Like, that was what the company was known for. That's what they did. They were the creative group. Not anymore. Nope. Um, The home button might go away. Oh, the neat thing is, though, the fact that it's going to be actually at the new uh, Apple campus. Is that where the event is going to be? Yep. Neat. The, the, the donut? Mm-hmm. The spaceship? Or the flying saucer, the spaceship, whatever they're calling it. The particle accelerator. <laughs> Man, that building is really impressive, but can you imagine having your office on one side and having a meeting on the other? You you would have to be able to somehow cut through the middle. Well, I'm sure the middle is going to be like this open courtyard. Yeah. Right, like a little park or something. But, well, a really big park. But even cutting through, that's still a long walk. If I worked there, I would get one of those bicycles that you could collapse down. Uh-huh. And I would just bring that to work every day because you would need it. <laughs> that's That's what you would need. Well, I wonder how people get around in the Pentagon. Well, in the Pentagon, for the most part, I expect you don't. Yes, but there are probably still people who still, you know, have... Have to get from one end to the other? Yeah. Probably. I'm sure they cut through the center, Mm -hmm. or there's probably some underground tunnels going from one side to the other. I could imagine in this one, in the Apple one, 
that there is like a central ring of a moving sidewalk. Oh, that would be neat. That'd be awesome, right? Just the entire center just keeps turning. That sounds kind of fun. Or at least, you know, you just have a sidewalk there so you could, you know, technically walk and use your phone at the same time. Mm Mm-hmm. Looks like they have underground parking, too. They have some underground parking, but as we discussed earlier, the parking lot for this thing is actually, I think, like twice the size of the actual building. That can't be. They've got a huge parking lot for it. It's ridiculous. Where? Next to it. No, I don't want the Apple Store. Uh, no, I, for 14,000 workers, Apple is building almost 11,000 parking spaces. Many cars will be tucked under the main building, but most will cram into two enormous garages to the south. The headquarters will contain 318,000 square meters of office and laboratories. The car parks will occupy 325,000 square meters. Apple was required by Curpentino City Law to provide ample parking when building it, uh, its new headquarters. Hmm. All right. That's a lot of parking. And no surprise, they are covering their parking garages with solar panels. Of course. So, all right, so we'll have more on the Apple event next week. Yep. When, you know, it actually happens. But mm-hmm. just wanted to point out it's happening. There's potentially some, some interesting things. Uh, hacks. Hacks, hacks, hacks. Some kind of cute hacks, and some really not cute and super upsetting hacks that we should all know about. Yes. First, the the kind of, like, ah-ha-ha, that's really silly hack. Okay. Uh, Alexa, Siri, Google, Cortana, all of these assistants, right? Yes. Use your phone's microphone and phone speakers. Yes. Well, your phone's microphone is a lot better than your ears. Yes. And can hear in ranges that your ears can't. Yes, that's actually how your phone can pair up with a a Chromecast and your TV. Right, it just uses ultrasonics. Yeah. Well, uh, I should check that out because I have a Spectrum Analyzer on my phone now. Um, So what if I said, you know, something like, Alexa, open this website, right? Then Alexa goes and opens the website. What if I say that same phrase, except I pitch shift it up outside of the scope of your hearing i wouldn't be able to hear anything i wouldn't know any idea what's going on outside of you know the amazon echo's little blue ring turning on yep and then when it goes and opens that website which happens to have malicious code on it oh (gasps) oh but that's yes that that, that's possible and yes people have done that but it that's a that's a very it's a short range attack right yes to have very the ultrasonic nearby. Yeah, you basically have to be line of sight. Okay, Google, text this phone number, and this phone number is a pay-per-use number or an authorization number. (laughs) They simply played them back from a regular smartphone equipped with an amplifier, ultrasonic transducer, and battery. All costing... Less than $3. Yeah. I'm just picturing, like, going to a mall and tapping into the mall's speaker system. Could you imagine that? That would be, uh, you know, yes, that is possible. It's, 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 it, this is one of the things where, you know, for this to work, you have to have a lot of things already set up. Like, you have to have your assistant unlocked. You have to not really be paying attention to it. Okay. 
Which, you and know, at I, a mall, that makes sense. If I had it going all day at a mall? It, it's an easy, it's a really easy um, fix, though. Yeah, I mean, well, on the software side, definitely. Yeah, it's a really easy you fix to block this. You just block... Tell, tell the assistant not to listen to anything above, what, like 20,000 hertz? Pretty much, yeah. Be like, this isn't someone's voice. So, yeah, no, that's, this is kind of neat that... You, Granted, like I said, I think the Chromecast already does this to actually pair your phone with the Chromecast when device. When there's no Wi-Fi? Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Uh, the the less fun hack is... Equifax? Yeah. Oh, boy. So, Equifax. If you are not familiar with Equifax, you probably should be familiar with Equifax. If you're listening to this show, I'm guessing you probably should be familiar with Equifax. Uh, This is one of the credit rating agencies. These are the people responsible for your credit score. As such, they collect a lot of information about you. Mm -hmm. Your name, your social security number, your credit cards, their expiration dates, your expenditures, whether or not you have, well, I don't think they actually collect your expenditures, but any sort of like delinquency, um, they, they know your transaction. Like they know, do you pay your cards on time? They know who your banks are and they got hacked. Yep. According to Equifax, the breach lasted from mid-May through July. The hackers access people's names, social security numbers, birth dates, addresses, and in some instances, driver's license numbers. They also stole credit card numbers for up to 200,000 people and dispute documents with personal identifiable information from about 182,000 people. They also hit people in the UK and Canada as well. I feel like, you know, these are the same people that are like, you know, oh, we'll do credit monitoring for you in case, you know, your personal identifiable information is somewhere in the dark web or something like that. And you're just like, I I don't trust you anymore. Nope. So, yeah, that's a thing. Um, currently, they set up a, a website for people to check and enroll and be like, Hey, has my my identity been stolen? Is someone using my information? Uh, there was a little bit of a, a hiccup on said website because in the terms of service, Equifax had something along the lines of, if you do this, you waive the right to sue. Oh, geez. Which people caught on and said, like, well, whoa, wait a minute. Like, if my information has been stolen, that's a actually a pretty big lawsuit. Like, you did not take appropriate steps to protect it you didn't notify us in time like there's some there's definitely going to be a class action lawsuit uh and so then they they had to clarify that no the waiver is not for this security breach it's for the product that they're actually using to show you whether or not your stuff has been hacked so people are a little nicer about that now um but oh my god this whole thing is just a mess and now evidently the website that says, yes, your information is safe or no, your information was exposed is actually just returning random results. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. ZDNet says we tested Equifax data breach checker and it's basically useless. Yeah. So there's really no way to tell. The hackers who broke into Equifax exploited a flaw in open source server software. Oh, geez. The vulnerability, according to a report, 
was in a popular open source software package called Apache Struts. Two vulnerabilities in Struts had been discovered so far in 2017. One was announced in March and another was announced earlier this week on September 4th. At the moment, it's unclear which vulnerability is the one that the hackers used. To add to the shadiness, uh, several high-level like executives at Equifax sold significant amounts of stock right before they released the fact that this happened. <laughs> so that's another thing. It's probably going to be an investigation for that. How much did they know? When did they learn it? Et cetera, et cetera. Oh, geez. Just, this is, this is, this is bad, bad shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so watch your credit score, watch your cards. And I put a link in the, the links. Um, there is something you can do called a credit freeze, a credit security freeze, which is basically notifying all of the major uh, credit organizations, the four big ones, and saying, hey, if any big thing comes in on my credit, you need to check with me. Like in person, which it would would make sense because you know, okay, so not planning on opening any new credit cards anytime soon. You know, yep. got a mortgage for the house, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, right, not planning on getting a new car anytime soon. So it's like, okay, you know, there's no reason anyway for me to open anything new on my credit. Yep, because the scary thing of people having your credit information is opening new lines of credit. Yep. This basically says, no, no one's allowed to pull my information without my permission. I just still can't believe the hack was from May to July. And, and we're finally... just hearing about it. Yes. Yep. Oi. Just, just oi. Yep. Uh, so expect there to be a number of um, websites popping up offering to help out with this and, and walk you through it. Be careful, of course, on any website that you are giving your information to. But just ah, uh, a third of the country. Mm-hmm. Ah. All right. Give me something happier. What's this about baseball? Um. So uh, I can't believe I'm stealing. going to baseball as my happy place. Sign stealing. You know, the, the catcher, you know, gives signs to the pitcher to kind of, you know, tell the pitcher what pitch he wants the pitcher to throw. Right. How often does the pitcher actually like pay attention to that? The catcher is normally the one who, you know is giving him the things there to pitch. The the pitcher can always just, you know, shake off the sign and say, no, I don't want to throw that. No, I don't want to right. throw that until he gets the pitch that he wants to throw. Right. There are some pitchers who do that, but... But, like, what's the purpose of the catcher picking the pitch? Is that just part of the strategy of being a catcher? Is that, like, you you understand the other players better or something? That and... and I... It, it's... I... I Aside from Kate. tradition... Aside from tradition. Always pick the pitches and not the pitcher. What's the, what's the strategic advantage for the catcher's picking rather than the pitcher? Ah. If the catcher is picking, he can actually set up behind the plate appropriate to actually catch the ball. Okay. And? Is that it? Yeah. And that's just how it is. All right. So mostly tradition, but also they get to pick up, like they can set themselves up. And I guess the the batter can't see them mm -hmm. calling which pitch. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll go with it for now. So the catcher's sending signals to the pitcher. Yes. Telling the pitcher, hey, I want you to throw this, I want you to throw this, that sort of thing. Right. Well, you know, 
all the teams now have their own like video monitoring groups, right? So they're the ones who decide, you know, if they want to call for a, a challenge review on instant replay or something like that. Okay. So um, uh, the Red Sox uh, have now been accused of um, from by the Yankees out of all teams that uh, a member of the Red Sox training staff was looking at his Apple Watch in the dugout and then relaying information to players. So they're thinking that the uh, Red Sox were using the people watching the video monitors, looking at the catcher, you know, giving the signs, and then they would text the guy to his Apple Watch, and then he would relay the information to the batter about what the pitch is going to be. How much time is there between the signal and the pitch. It feels like there shouldn't be that much time. Sometimes, well, depends on, you know, if there's uh, batters on the base path or something. Could be, could be a pretty long time. Let's, let's look at average time between pitches. Because this is actually a pitcher pace. Here we go. Uh, average time between pitches. But I don't, I don't want between pitches, right? I want from the signal to the pitch. Well, okay, so the pitcher could get it, then he could get into his stance and do his whole windup and everything. So, okay, so between pitches, the, the fastest pitcher right now is at 16.4 seconds between pitches. So even if, okay, so you could still get six or seven seconds between, you know. And how is the guy looking at his watch relaying it to the batter? With, like, signals of his own? Probably. Everybody uses signals in baseball. I, I know, it's usually a punchline whenever there's, like, a baseball movie comedy. Yeah. Okay. So the video provided to the commissioner's office by the Yankees was captured during the first two games of the series and included at least three clips. In the clips, the team's assistant athletic trainer is seen looking at his Apple Watch and then passing information to outfielder Brock Holt and second baseman Dustin Pedroia. In one instance, Pedroia is seen passing the information to Young, who is batting. Huh. I'm not sure where... Hmm. What's funny, though, is there's no actual rule against stealing signs. because I was know, about to ask that. Observing signs is allowed when a runner is on second base, visually intercepting the signals between the catcher and the pitcher because they're standing behind the pitcher, and then they right. can relay that information to the batter, no problem. Right. But using electronic devices in the dugout is not allowed. At all or for stealing signs? At all. Oh, so that's the rule he broke. Yes, that they were using electronic devices to basically, uh, yeah, uh, recording signs with electronic devices is also not permitted. So there's two things. One, you can't have the electronic devices in the dugout. And two, you can't use electronic devices to record signs. That is also not allowed. See, their problem is they didn't go high tech enough. No. Because what they could have done was set up a little app that would vibrate the batter's watch. Hmm? <laughs> yeah, Kate pointed out that the Red Sox, I guess, are so bad that they have to cheat in order to actually hit the Yankees pitchers. Sure. I don't know baseball. Are the Red Sox having, like, a bad year? Uh, they're 81 and 61 right now. They are leading the American League East. So, no, they're not having a bad year. No, no, they're not. They're having a really good year. Yes, is that because they're cheating? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well then. <laughs> I I don't know what else to say to that. Just 
Oh, that's a smart idea. They're using a smartwatch to do it. I would have used some sort of like in earpiece or something. I, I would have used the smartwatches, but I would have had it instead of going to the guy in the dugout, I would have had it go to the whole team and it would just vibrate in a pattern. Yeah, but who the who the heck's going to be wearing an Apple Watch while they're batting? Why not? Because I think there's a rule about what you're allowed to wear. Well, that's a stupid rule. Yeah, that is true. Batting gloves would uh, affect that problem as well. How far up your wrist does the batting glove go? Pretty far. You know what? You know what? what? Fine. Fine. I don't put it on a watch. I put the watch around the dude's leg. <laughs> it's like an ankle bracelet. If you're going to cheat, cheat. Have the entire team learn Morse code. I feel like that would still be pretty slow compared to just, you know, maybe a guy in the dugout literally like pointing out himself where the pitch is going to go. Yeah. So other ridiculous news. We talked about how Disney was pulling some stuff from Netflix, mm-hmm. but they were going to keep Star Wars and Marvel. Well, it was announced that Disney is now going to pull everything from Netflix after 2019. What? Everything? Yep. But uh, false. False, false, false. Disney is not pulling everything from Netflix. Netflix made some of Disney's stuff. Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Daredevil, right? Well, they they originally announced back in August, which we talked about, they were going to pull the movies from Netflix starting in 2019, but they left the door open for the... Um, for They're the, pulling... The, okay, yeah, here we go. They're pulling the movies. Is that the old announcement, or is that the new announcement? This is the one September 7th. Look at the... This is your thing that you posted. Look at the title. Okay, so Marvel TV. All right. Is still Disney going is to be. pulling Star Wars and Marvel films from Netflix. Keyword there, Andy. Films. All right. Like, there's no way they're pulling Daredevil from Netflix. It can't go anywhere else. No, that is true. So where are they going to go? To Disney's own branded streaming service. Oh, God damn it. Look, guys, the purpose of all this was that I didn't have to pay $80 a month to watch everything I want to watch. This, uh, yeah, starting in 2019, Disney will operate its own paid video streaming service. The news came about as Disney announced on Tuesday that it would acquire a majority stake in a video streaming company called BAM Tech. Disney also, uh, ESPN is starting their own sports streaming service in 2018, which will deliver broadcasts from leagues like the NHL, MLB, and MLS. FX is starting their own Comcast exclusive streaming channel. Jeez, uh, really, guys? Darn. I just want to go to one thing on my, well, just one, one box. But no, everybody's got to make their own buck. The good news is, though, that binge watching uh, is actually making it less enjoyable. Really? Mm-hmm. Less enjoyable if you binge watch? Yes. Huh. Binge watching makes TV less enjoyable. That, yeah. according mm-hmm. to new research, by the University of Melbourne, binging actually appears to diminish the quality of the television show for the viewer. Melbourne. Melbourne. Uh, no, you don't pronounce the R. But there's an R in there. Andy? Yeah? Do you want to get into that? Andy, what's, no. what's the big store that you go to in Michigan? You and I talk about it all the time. Myers. Okay, so two things. First off, there is no S. Second off, there is a J. 
Right. So the study had people watching uh, one group uh, watch the one hour show on a weekly basis. Another watched mm-hmm. it on a daily basis. And another group consumed the first season of the show in one sitting. Ooh, six hours of television. OK. Yeah. None of the participants had previously seen the show. Each of the test group would watch the show in the lab according to their assigned schedule. Uh-huh. Uh, to ensure that they were paying attention, the study participants were asked to press the space bar on a keyboard any time a character in the show lit a cigarette or poured a drink. Okay. <laughs> that's, yes, that's why they, if you had a six hours, like, you know. Yeah, I think that could have changed the, the study a little bit. <laughs> have to press the space bar for six hours straight anytime somebody lights a cigarette or pours a drink? God damn it. After finishing the season, all respondents were filled out a questionnaire to gauge how well they understood the show. 24 hours later, they returned to the, la- to the lab to take a retention quiz. Two more retention quizzes were given a week and 140 days after finishing the season. Yeah, I'm not sure how much faith I'm putting in this study. <laughs> Binge watchers had the strongest memory performance the day after watching the show, but the retention had also the sharpest decline over 140 days. Well, no shit. You watched it all at once. Uh, researchers found that in all three follow-up questionnaires, binge watchers reported enjoying the show significantly less than those who watched it on a weekly or daily basis. Yeah, uh, this perhaps is a counterintuitive finding given the increased popularity of binge watching. However, these results may be attributed to the fact that the binging group was watching six hours of television in a lab rather than yeah. in the comfort of their own home. <laughs> oh, yeah. As soon as you actually read the study, it's like, oh, really, guys? Really? No. Wait, you actually have an article about Yellow Pages? Open it up. Yellow has announced that the largest paper doorstop is uh, Yellow Pages in January 2019. Wow. Yellow Pages are disappearing. Wow. About damn time. Now, I don't know if this is all Yellow Pages. This is really the, the BBC in UK. Yeah, the actual Yellow Pages company. Is that this? Is Yell the Yellow Pages company? Yes. Uh, I think our phone book is actually... Who did our phone book? I'll have to look. Not Yell? No. Okay. So there there will still be yellow pages, just not yellow pages. Yes. If that makes sense. Yep. All right. Uh, how are we doing on time? We should probably wrap it up. Okay. There's a, an 8K TV out. <laughs> because, you know, everybody's got a 4K TV already. Yep. So, next level. God, the, the company had previously released an 85-inch 8K monitor that cost over $100,000. That is a lot of money. That is an insane amount of money for a uh, TV. Sharp, Sharp hasn't indicated how much these models are going to cost, but a source says they'll start at about $9,000 for a television. So four years before 16K? I don't know how you get, because even now we're already pushing, you know. Andy. I know, it's... well. It's gonna. It's got to be the satellite infrastructure. Can the satellites handle the thing there? Granted, you know we've got a lot of new satellites going up. Yeah. Don't worry about data transmission. That is not the the hurdle for us to jump. Every time you come out with a like, oh, but you can't do that because of the data. Can't, like people laugh and just increase the bandwidth. <laughs> that is true. The whole. 5G. You're like, oh, we'll never stream 4K. We're streaming 4K. Yeah. Crazy. So, uh, speaking of streaming and that sort of server, that can segue into the random review. Sure. Because my random review this week is for Clean Feed. 
cleanfeed.net. I uh, heard about these guys through one of my uh, broadcasting podcasts. Because um, you listen yeah. to broadcasting podcasts? Yes. About, uh, yes, I listen to podcasts about broadcast engineering because, you know, I'm that nerdy. Um, and I wanted to actually use it for the podcast today, but for some odd reason, Dave couldn't get his half to work. I, hey, I could send. I was receiving data. It just wasn't playing audio. Okay. So... Um, what we're doing now is because we got we have serious firewalls at work, right? It's like we uh-huh. got to set up port forward and everything else like this. This one uses your web browser, which you know we've already set up all the port forwarding for web browsers at work. So I don't have to worry about you know punching other holes into the firewalls and just you know leaving them open for the every once in a while time that we would actually you know do a remote broadcast from somewhere. So these guys basically just it's a it's almost like a like a Skype replacement. Where, you know, I just, you know, set up a, a session in the studio mm-hmm. and then I send out an email to them, inviting them to the session. They connect. Dave, was it pretty easy to connect? I clicked a button. That was it. That's all I had to do. I clicked mm-hmm. a button. And so, then yes. it goes, yeah, it goes through on the back end, figures out, okay, you know, what's the best bandwidth and codec and everything to use depending on the connection between the two of us. And it's just up and running and it's all web-based and web browser based so we don't have to worry about you know we've had people using cell phones for this sort of thing there where instead of you know trying to phone call it in mm-hmm. it's great plus they, these guys are actual broadcasters so they're like it's free to use for commercial use which is great so it's it's one of those things where it's like you know if you want to do you know a remote audio broadcast, or if you're doing podcasting or stuff like that. I haven't tried the actual recording feature yet. I was going to try that on this one, but uh, we haven't gotten to there yet. But it's, you know, <laughs> it's pretty easy to set up. And you can be up and run. They say up and running in 30 seconds, and it's pretty much true. So Nice. Audio quality sounds really great. Like I said, they automatically adjust based off of what, you know, like, you know, what type of code, they check your connection and then d- decide what codecs you want. And if, you know, if I set up virtual audio cables, I could plug other things into the clean feed and we could go from there. So it could be um, really easy to do and really nice. So cleanfeed.net, it's nice little piece, not even software. <laughs> These guys just built something, my guess is probably for their own radio company and then decided to put it out there and it's, I love it. So easy to use. So easy. So if you want to do audio stuff there and you don't want to use Skype. You can use Clean Feed. Clean Feed. So that is my random review. Okay. I still have to figure out why Dave didn't work, though. That's that's one con against it. For some reason, it didn't work with Dave. Don't know. I don't know. So, random topic? Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. Yes. What would you do if you came across a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater? Uh, um, huh. This is always one of the things there. I always try and figure out, you know, I feel like this sentence needs commas. What would I do with a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater? Because did you just come across somebody that eats like a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people? Oh, like where? Where is the modifier? Yes. Is this a one-eyed, one-horned, flying thing? 
that eats people. That eats purple people. That eats purple people. Or is it a one-eyed, one-horned flying thing? Flying purple thing that eats that people. That eats people. One-eyed, one-horned, flying, purple. I feel like the last two, there's definitely a hype in there. Right? People eater. I, I feel like it is a thing that eats people. Yeah, that's that's what everybody goes about. But that was... First time I heard that song, I was very confused. I'm like, well, this guy's probably starving because there are no such things as one-eyed, one-horned, flying, purple people. That just doesn't exist. If that's all this guy eats, this is horrible. He's going to starve. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think the first thing I can do is point out to him that I'm not a people. I'm a person. Therefore, you shouldn't eat me, clearly. No, I don't know. Uh, one-eyed... One horn. I guess if he's one-eyed, I have an advantage because he has no depth perceptions. Well, he has no depth perception, so I just need to like keep moving forward and back. Like, ah ha ha! You think I'm there, but I'm not. I'm farther away. I don't know. Shoot him. Now I'm actually looking at the actual lyrics to the song, and it's so weird because he doesn't actually want to eat anybody. He wants to get a job in a rock and roll band. I, I, I point him to Nashville. That's where you go if you want to make it music, right? Mm-hmm. That or L.A. It's like, dude, what are you doing in Wisconsin? This is not the place for you. No, this is not. One-eyed, one-horned, flying, purple people eater. This is just not a good place for him. Okay, so when I saw the thing coming out of the sky, it had one long horn, one big eye. So those are part of the descriptors of this thing. It, I commenced to shake and I said, Ooey, it looks like a purple eater to me. So maybe he's eating purple things. I, no, I think purple eater is, is the descriptor. It is an eater, is what and, it is. It okay, is also purple. purple. Okay, I get you. But it is an eater. Yeah. That is, that is the noun, is eater. So, I'm guessing if he wants to, uh, wow, it reached number one in the Billboard charts from June 9th to July 14th, 1958. The 50s were a really weird time. Mm-hmm. When was Rock Lobster? I don't know. Oh, 1978. Oh. Okay, I thought Rock Lobster was older, but not got done by the guys from the B-52s. Really? Hmm. If all he really wants... I guess, so in the song, he talks to him, right? Yes. He's like, hey, what are you doing here? Don't eat me. And the guy's like, I just want to be in a rock band. I guess I'd pull out my Xbox? <laughs> like, I guess. I mean, no one's played this game in a, in a couple of years, but sure, here we go. I'll set up the drums. We'll go from there. Yeah? Sounds about right, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it does sound about right. So, uh, I guess that's, that's, that's our answers. Yeah, I'll play Rock Band with him. Alright, there we go. Guess, uh, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at rapodcast.net. Thank you for listening.